Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by Clark Coffey. Hello, hello, hello. Lovely co-host. Thank you, Um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Today we're doing uh, Denis Villeneuve's Enemy from 2013. Um, This is, of course, episode 47. So we're nearly at 50, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. It's amazing. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, This is your, your choice. A fellow Canadian filmmaker from Toronto, or at least if he's, I don't know if he's from Toronto. I, oh, he's well, yeah, from he's Quebec. from uh, Montreal. He's from, he's from yeah. Quebec, but mm-hmm. this, is, this, of course, this film takes place and very prominently highlights Toronto. Yes, so that's which a is cool surprising. Well, he's actually from Trois-Rivières, but that's a small town, so yeah. Montreal but um, <laughs> and Quebec. But yeah, so he, um, yeah, this is a, one of the few movies, again, that we kind of, we discussed this about when we were doing The Fly, where I said that there's a lot of movies that are shot in Toronto, but very few actually take place in Toronto. Yeah. Um, usually it's like subbing out for New York or Chicago or some generic kind of American city. Yep. And this um, is this is very clearly Toronto. And yes. I have to say, yeah. it makes Toronto, which is a beautiful city, and I've been there personally, and it's a beautiful city. Boy, this film makes Toronto look horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of, it's like, I, I always laugh at that how, and I, I said this before, but we, uh, I was watching this at a friend's and we were in um, like a condo and there's like a nice view of the lake and you can see, you can actually see the building that we were in in the movie, but there's, you know, you can see the city and it's it's a really beautiful view. Yeah. And it was so funny watching the movie and kind of like turning my head to the right, looking out the window and seeing what the city actually looks like versus what the movie makes it look like, which is like this <laughs> smoggy, yeah, you smoggy, know, yellow, gross, oppressive, dirty, yeah. yeah. And, and um, with giant spiders in the sky, of course. With giant um, spiders in the sky, yeah. But yeah, yeah the, it's, it's interesting. Um, I would say that this is a very Canadian movie, and we're going to get into kind of more what yeah. that means later That's on. But I think it's intriguing to me. Very, uh, it's got a lot of like Canadian identity in it in terms of the way that, and, for, and perhaps for better or for worse in some ways, sometimes it's a pro, sometimes it's a con. But yeah, um, yeah I mean... I uh, I guess we can kind of get into kind of our uh, our, our our first impressions in context, or even um, or even maybe if you want to just a, just a ha- just a hair before we do that, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of you and I, you know, so just so everybody out there listening kind of knows, and you probably suspect, you know, we pop on for a brief period of time before we record, and you know, we kind of very very high level kind of discuss the film, and you know, we kind of break out a few notes of things that we want to talk to, but we don't pre can this or pre-planned this it's all improvised recorded live and we don't even edit it you know it's like we present this thing as one big old slab of an hour-long conversation and that's that so raw conversation uh, no (laughs) tricks up our sleeves of any kind um but uh but we were talking about and i and i think it's interesting you know this film was made in what 2013 so not not too long ago but i think in eight years you know we've seen some interesting things kind of happen or, or the progression of things that have been happening for a while in the film industry have been happening. And of course, especially COVID has had a big impact on cinema and the theatrical experience with film. But, you know, you brought up a good question during that conversation, which was like, you know, is this a good example of a film that would have a difficult time being made and theatrically released today? You know, and we were kind of talking about how this is likely a film that, you know, maybe would have would end up on Netflix now or Amazon mm-hmm. Prime and, you know, maybe would end up, you know, just as of one of like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films kind of, you know, buried amongst all the quote unquote content. Um, 
but uh, but I mean, you know, that's a good question, you know. And what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, this film is definitely it's an esoteric. It's a it's it's a film that has it's definitely not a Marvel movie. It's not a blockbuster by any means. Yeah, not I, a yeah, I know. I think that it's a, I, I sort of described it as like a, a relic of a time past in a sense. Mm-hmm. In that, like, it feels very. 70s in a way 70s kind of Hmm. 80s or even you know i know that this isn't this is 90s but um you know i always sort of think of like eyes wide shut when i think of this movie Mm -hmm. in that it's like a big but again this is not an old movie this is 2013 yeah um but the amount that the film industry has changed in the past five ten years is i think you know basically a ton i mean it's it's a yeah it's it's it's, it's astronomical especially you know i think and, changed. and covid has hastened that you know the past yes, two years absolutely. has it's has kind been, of it's been the yeah. straw that broke the camel's back in many senses but but that this you know this movie reminds me again i said eyes wide shut but it also kind of tonally reminds me almost of like the conversation hmm. like it's this surreal kind of paranoia thriller mm-hmm. drama and Yep. movies like that aren't really made like that anymore like and let alone shown in theaters with budgets of you know what i'm not quite sure the, let me try and pull up the number here real quick i think um, we're looking at it, it's, it's available a, it yeah but, it's i i don't see any numbers available right off the top but you know i mean I, yeah it's, i'd say it's made for a few million dollars probably pro- probably not you know. much but you know yeah. uh jake gyllenhaal you know i don't he did a couple films with denny back to back i think and so i'm not quite sure you know if they did kind of a multi deal or kind of you know how much he got paid for this you know and um but uh yeah i I, you know it's it's interesting i and we're going to get into this you know kind of uh, you know what our what our experiences were with the film and i'm gonna i'll kind of cheat a little bit and share that you know i didn't really enjoy this film much but Mm -hmm. and we'll get into this but i really respect the film and i'm appreciative of the film and I'm I'm appreciative that Denny is working in the industry that he's that he's a filmmaker that's making films and I appreciate this that this film exists mm-hmm. and I I would love to see more films like this being released uh, theatrically uh, you know a mature uh, films made for adult viewing audience uh, you know exploring interesting uh, and complex. Uh, adult issues that, yeah, yeah and and making strong artistic choices which i mean look you can say all kinds of things about this film but the one thing that's undeniable is that there are strong choices being made in this yeah, film yeah and i and even if i am not thrilled by those choices i'm always thrilled by the fact that somebody actually made strong choices I, yeah i i i and it, i think it's it's interesting because our our reaction to this movie is very much kind of two sides of the same coin yeah Yeah. whereas you you don't necessarily enjoy it a lot i agree with all of the things that make you not enjoy it Mm -hmm. but you know i i disagree on a stylistic level with this movie a ton it's not a movie that i think i would ever like i would never shoot a movie in this style and i don't just mean subject matter or story i think that that's a really engaging and intriguing part of the movie and i i love those types of movies but purely from a stylistic sense purely from a visual um, you know, the way the camera moves, the cinematography of the movie. I would never shoot anything like this. The filter. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I and it's it's yeah, it's super yellow and stuff like that. And I, I I very wholeheartedly disagree with that on a like artistic personal yeah, level. Yeah. But I, I find it really fascinating too. Sure. I, I I find that it's almost something I can't look away from. And it's not a movie that 
you know, I don't think that Villeneuve um, was trying to make, or uh, Nicholas Bolduc, who did the the cinematography, were trying to make this movie look pretty. It's very obvious that they were trying to make it yes. look ugly. Yes, yeah, no question. Um, yeah. And and it, it works. It definitely it works. is not a pretty, pretty movie. But... Well, um, but and, and I but I think it's so fascinating because of that yeah. that it's like to me it's like you're looking at this image and it's so yellow or yeah. the, the landscape shots or like the big establishing uh. shots of the city are so smoggy and gross and they make you feel almost like you're in like a bayou like it's like sweaty and you know just it's it's not appealing in any makes me feel like i'm in in los angeles in the 70s what it makes me feel like yeah but okay so we're going to talk about that because i think this is really interesting this is you know now look i think this is a compliment to the film the fact that we're here that we're talking about it and that there's Mm -hmm. like there's the complexity of 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 this issue to even discuss i think is worthwhile i mean that this is huge points you know uh in favor of the film you know absolutely this idea that something can be aesthetically unpleasing, that can be unattractive, that can mm-hmm. be, um, you know, uh, even unsettling. And clearly, I mean, there's a lot of films that, that discuss unsettling things that as subject matter, as content, as plot device, you know, that are disturbing, unsettling, you know, fearful. I mean, all of these negative emotions are commonly explored in film. But I think this film, like, uses the very medium, like, uses, you know, like is visually disturbing and you know i don't i don't know you know what i mean it, it, they were not afraid well, I, to I move think away I, I from aesthetically pleasing you know yeah i i chuckled there for a minute because i'm just i'm just sort of imagining <laughs> having this conversation in a in a in a forum of like you know a big pop culture podcast <laughs> where where it's almost it's what's bizarre about those things is that it's almost impossible to criticize a movie it's like you either love everything about it or you hate everything about it yeah and so i i find it like the you know, I find it so refreshing to be able to have a conversation about a movie that I actually really, really like, but that I can also say like, oh man, it's ugly. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's funny to me that, that things like that are kind of so, especially in the like very mainstream senses and like very popular media, it's, it's, it's rare to find conversations like that. So I'm glad that, you know, we're able to discuss oh, that. And, and that's, have, the, that, you know, it's the most fun thing. Like, that's what I love doing here. So let's, let's, let's do talk about them. Let's shift yeah. to, so tell me a little bit about your personal experience with the film. I just, and I want to remind people, cause I think it's kind of interesting that there's like a decent age difference between the two of us. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. the age at which I first saw this film, which I'll get to after you is like quite a bit different than the age that you saw this film out. Not, not that I'm suggesting for a moment that age is some, monolithic kind of you know decider but it is interesting to kind of explore yeah. the the different age period of your life that you kind of come in contact with art can definitely like have an impact you know totally yeah i mean because what we're i think we're about 23 years apart yeah we're about um, 20 yeah, yeah i'm 45 so yeah so 22 yeah there you yeah. go so so yeah definitely different i mean like different childhood experiences and things like that totally different worlds that we grew up in yeah. Um, but I think what's kind of interesting about that is, um, again, just that like the sense that I get from this is that it's a, it's a, again, a movie from a bygone era, mm-hmm. whereas the sense that you might get from it is because you, you probably grew up more so in a sense where movies like this were way more common. And I even, you know, even my childhood was, was filled with films that were, you know, the early 2000s and yeah. the film industry today are completely different beasts. They're totally yeah. different things. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I can't help but shake the sense that that this movie either would not be picked up at all today by like a big distribution company and would never see the light of day theatrically, 
or it would be something so relegated to you know a special screening for like a few days and and yeah and that would be kind of you know what it's shown as but but yeah i think that the other thing about it is the subject matter which you know of course is a lot about adultery and um you know affairs and this whole idea of like split personality and mm -hmm. banality of life like i think a big the monotony of 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 his everyday life in this movie i think is a huge theme yeah um and you of course have you know experienced things like that you've you said that you've worked office jobs that you know, <laughs> felt like you were hitting your head against a brick wall every day whereas i've i haven't i was i was lucky enough to yeah kind of land into doing a lot of film gigs you know early on out of out of high school so i i yeah thank well, god I, I never had to deal with that but. yeah and hopefully hope, well and you know and even hey look it's it's there's no you know it's not a magical escape from the realities of life to work in yes. film either You're, yeah. you you will also suffer uh some of the you know the uh, the cyclical nature of some things in life that the patterns of life can sometimes be oppressive regardless of industry that you're in yeah but uh, how old were you when you saw the film and did you did you see it when it was released like yeah the first I, time I didn't around, see or? it uh, no, I didn't see it in theaters um, okay so it came in 2013 um, actually let me see what the exact time of year it came out because I can tell you pretty much I think September ish so right? September 8th it, it, yeah so it premiered at TIFF yeah um, yep. and that would have been when I was in grade um, 10 yeah okay. so it came out when I was in grade 10 and I think I saw it the first time when I was in grade 11 and again it was funny this is my first Villeneuve movie yeah and um, I only watched it because the like it, it's both it takes place in Toronto and the neighboring city Mississauga which is where I live yeah Um, and that to me is really interesting is a toronto is so rarely mentioned in cinema but also like even less so of course mississauga which is basically just a suburb but yeah um you know and there's things like oh he drives by like rathburn road and rathburn mm -hmm. road is the place where there's like a big imax theater so it's like you start recognizing all yeah, these things I'm that's sure, fun living yeah. in la you've you've got a lot of that and so that's literally why i watched it because my friend was like yeah one of the places that he goes is like there's the those i don't know if you remember in the movie there was those weird kind of shaped towers that yeah they're beautiful to, yeah yeah so those are called the Marilyn monroe buildings here oh wow um, like designed to kind of look like Marilyn monroe and they're, they're those darned. are like kind of like the centerpiece of um like the mississauga skyline I'll um be darned. and so I it's so funny know. seeing those because like you can pretty much you know like i'm i'm so close and so he's i remember my friend being like yeah the Marilyn monroe buildings are in them and stuff and i was like that's is so that weird the, hold, just just as sorry to to like you know for just yeah, a no second, worries, yeah. are, are they what are the is that actually what they're called or is no, that... so they're, I think they're called Absolute World Towers okay. or something. Okay. Yeah, but if you but look everybody Monroe, just calls yeah. them Marilyn Monroe. That's yeah, really cuz cool. they're designed to look kind of like her figure. I see. Um but yeah, so those um so that that was literally the re like I had no real knowledge of Villeneuve at the point at that point. Yeah. I had heard of him because he made a a pretty big movie here called Polytechnique which was about a, a school shooting that happened in a, um you know a few quite a while ago i can't remember the exact year of it yeah um, and that was a big thing in canada so he kind of made his name up here with that movie um okay. and incendies which was was um kind of big here as well yeah um but i'd never seen either of those um and so this was really my first villeneuve movie and um yeah again i didn't know anything about it going into it i all i the only reason i was watching it was because i thought it would be cool to kind of point out locations that i knew sure um and again, even back then, I was like so mesmerized by this movie and so enthralled by how grounded it feels and that the visual effects are always like, you know, there's 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 not a lot of visual effects in this, but the 
visual effects that are in there are so ingrained mm. in the world that this movie presents mm -hmm. that they're never presented as shocking or out of the ordinary. Hmm. You know, I could see this movie being directed in a completely different way where the image of the giant spider walking over Toronto is done in a way that makes it shocking to the yeah. viewer and the sensationalized, and it's, you know, dramatic that on the ground looking up at it or something like that. But yep. it literally just cuts to an establishing shot of Toronto with a giant spider walking yeah. over it. You know, there's there you no go. fanfare about it. So I think that that was really what kind of encapsulated me. And it, it also like, I almost forgive me for kind of a, a, a sim simplifying perhaps the direction of Villeneuve here, but it almost, to me also sort of feels like Villeneuve doing like Fincher in a way. Ah. Um, like it feels a lot That's interesting. sort of like... Um, That's interesting. like the girl with the dragon tattoo in, you know, in a I, tonal sense. I feel like in some senses these two directors are actually very similar because I also get often a, a kind of cold, kind of clinical, kind of detached technical feeling from Fincher in a lot of his movies. Yeah. And I get that feeling with Denny too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, Dune just came out. Yep. And I think that's like I, I, I thought Dune was decent. I, I enjoyed it. I saw it. Yeah, um, I, I thought a few it was times, okay. Especially in IMAX, it was, it was. I wasn't cool blown to see. away. Um, wasn't blown but a away. lot of people's complaints about that movie is exactly this kind of sterility that there's yeah. not a lot of. But like, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. You've got a really interesting thing, you know, and I've never really thought about it. I want to mm -hmm. save it. Yeah. I want to save it. But this the yes, Canadian yeah, we'll curse after, you yeah. called it. Yeah, the Canadian curse you called it, and obviously yeah. you don't yeah. have to be Canadian for for a filmmaker to kind of maybe be considered categorized. But we're going to get to that. That I, I mm -hmm. was really intrigued by this idea. So, okay, so you see it at, 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 at uh, grade 10. That's a sophomore in high school here. Um, mm -hmm. And you were captivated by it right off the bat. Yeah, and, and I thought that, what do you, you know, and it was like, one of those things. Do you feel like, do you remember, like, what it made you think about, what it made you feel? Was it disturbing? I think it was just a little, it, I mean, I've always been super into, as I mentioned, like this, like, 70s paranoia like i like the conversation yeah. has always been one of my favorite movies yeah it's a, i love um, that film yeah all the president's men blow up um and then again as i already have mentioned as well as like eyes wide shut i find that to be such a fascinating intriguing movie i like and that I, film like, again it's what what i what yeah. i what bothers me so much is that i i find it so difficult to describe necessarily what i like about this That's movie in detail other than the fact that i just it puts me like it's almost like a trance like it's like okay. this such it's so far out from it's anything that i would ever do that it that it makes me think a lot about the just the way that the story is told that there's not really like a rising action there's not like yeah. he doesn't put any emphasis on on pressure or suspense or things like that but it's and yet there's not a lot of dynamic movie. range yeah. I, so I, i'm curious to, like you know obviously like okay so we talk a lot in the you know in this podcast as kind of filmmakers ourselves and cinephiles ourselves and you know I mean, oftentimes we'll get very technical, we get pretty granular, but I don't want to miss either, like, kind of, you know, we're just like audiences too, you know, we're just yes. like, we're just yeah. human beings, and we, we watch films, and we're moved or not moved, or, you know, I, and I'm just kind of curious if you could elaborate any bit, little bit more, just as like, an, just as an audience member, like, watching the story be told in front of you with moving pictures, do you recall kind of you know what uh, you know any other ways that it i was might have super made like I, I think like, that the thing was that i was i was strangely invested and in that's one of the things that i that i think we we're also kind of want to discuss is that there's like a very big disconnect with feeling what the characters are feeling in this yeah, movie yeah that, that you don't really you don't you're you're not really like 
attached or like rooting for Hall to kind of like figure this out. You're more or any other characters along the ride with yeah. them. Exactly. You don't really get to know many of the characters very well. Right. But I think at the same time, I think what kind of like hooked me about it was just that I was still so like, it, it's like peeling off a bandaid. Like it's like, you're, I'm still <laughs> just waiting to see what's under there and like mm. what, what is making the movie mm. tick. And, it, and it's, it's, okay. a, it's a really kind of odd sensation a to curiosity have. it's like a, it's like almost exactly. like a morbid like it curiosity very, it really maybe your curiosity yeah exactly okay it really yeah my curiosity i, I yeah. respect that man that's very interesting yeah that's interesting and especially at that age you're kind of younger i mean obviously like the the subject matter and themes of this film are are intense um and uh so i, I was just curious kind of as a younger person you know how how that film might have made you feel and i i remember too you know um, when I was, and this is kind of sad in a way, totally, and we're just digressing all over the place on this podcast, but, you know, I feel like I was, it was much easier for me to be significantly emotionally affected by film when I was younger. Now, of mm-hmm. course, it right. absolutely, okay, that makes sense. and it absolutely still happens to me today, of course. I mean, it, you know, it's, I didn't turn into a robot, but... There is a difference between a, a preteen and teenage mind and then the mind of a 45-year-old person. We, yeah, we evolve, course, yeah. we go through more life. And, um, and, uh, I, but I think there's like this sweet spot, you know, of almost like kind of 12 to maybe 20 or something where, mm-hmm. you know, your hormones are kind of going and your life seems like everything is kind of new and an experience. And, and you really like, I think we're, we're open to much more range of emotional experience at that I mean, age. and who knows if i would have like had the same re- like if i had watched this movie for the first time now yeah would i have we'll never know. reacted yeah. similarly or would i have you know had sort of a more of a, an approach that you had where it's like kind of the the stuff that i like is more set in stone in a way yeah um and that and so i i i wonder yeah, it's just um, interesting to think well, like what, kinda, did you did you see, see this in theaters or do you remember so, if you so yeah it? so f- so for me i didn't watch it in the theater i do remember you know seeing like preview footage of it and being mm-hmm. and certainly like the you know the aesthetic caught my eye i mean you know there's no like this doesn't look like any other film i've seen you know uh and i think some of the promo footage showed like the spider landscape of toronto mm-hmm. and you know everything is yellow and uh, and it's it's quite striking, and I was like, "Woo, this th- okay." I don't know anything about this, but it's different. And of course, mm-hmm. that caught my attention. I'm like, "This is different. This is not Marvel. This is not <laughs> you know." I'm like, "Which which wasn't as dominating in 2013." Yeah, I guess the Avengers, the first <laughs> Avengers movie, had just come out. Yeah, the year before this. So, but I was like, "Oh, okay, this looks interesting." Now, I did not go see it at the theater, though. I ended up not seeing it at the theater, but I think once it was finally released at home, I did watch it at home. And I, you know, I don't remember being, you know, particularly emotionally moved. Um, I, I, I was kind of, I don't know. I think the distance at which the film kind of kept me with, a, with its kind of like the, you know, that it's so symbolic and such like a, it's, it, I feel like it's just a big metaphor, um, which is okay. I, you know, but, but I think it kind of kept me from, from empathizing with the characters and kind of putting myself in any of those characters positions in the film, which I think is one of the big ways that I enter a story is that I, Mm -hmm. 
you know, what, what many of us do, of course, you know, where, where I kind of pick a character that I, and that can change throughout the whole movie, you know, and maybe in this scene, I feel related to that character. And then the next scene, I feel related to this character and go back and forth and everything. But I felt like it was, there was no entrance into this film for me in that way, where I could put myself in the shoes of any of these characters and kind of feel with them. So, so that was a challenge that kept me at a distance. The other thing that kept me at a distance, and it's definitely on purpose, is the aesthetic of the film, which mm-hmm, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into a little more when we talk about direction and cinematography. So I think the combination of the aesthetic of the film and this, the, the kind of remove the distance that the characters are kept from us, uh, I think kept me from really feeling connected to this picture. Um, and I, I think I, you described interestingly, um, sort of like that there's like almost hinges of not in like an amateurish sense, but the storytelling style, it sort of feels almost like, like student film. Well, and that's, and so I think that, and I think that what's interesting about that is that, you know, I, I know exactly what you mean in that, like student films. And I, you know, I'm guilty of this in movies that I made when I was younger as well, where you almost try to keep things like intriguingly vague. Yes. And that's the kind of, that's how you're, and I actually, and it's like your conversation with, um, someone the other day because they were they were they're writing a, a screenplay that they want me to direct but they've they're you know just kind of starting out um, yeah yeah in terms of like their like film career well, and stuff like that and so that was one of the pointers that i gave them was i was like if you really want to set this aside from like a lot of other short films that'll go up on youtube or vimeo and stuff it's that like take all the vagueness out of it like, yes make it something that's super clear yeah and concise and efficient in the way that you tell the story um, whereas, and it doesn't necessarily bother me a ton with this, just because I think that the atmosphere of the movie is really intriguing mm-hmm. and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I totally mean what, get you what you mean. Like I, I, yeah, I made movies when I was younger where, you know, it's like, oh, like yeah, everything the only way is that plotting. a character can communicate is through everything uh, is like brooding. A, yeah. Everything yes. is, is yeah. glacial. And, and so, so then, yeah. So fast forward now, you know, cause I watched this probably in 2014 or 2015 when it first came out. So fast forward six years and I watched it of course again last night in preparation for this. And, uh, you know, I felt, I felt all those same things again, but yes, as you mentioned, you know, I, and, and, uh, not to be, um, rude to student filmmakers, uh, and cause I, I'm, have been there myself and it's a shorthand, I think to mean, amateur or, or you know filmmakers who are kind mm-hmm, of just yeah. getting that's all i mean so like negative context yeah no yes yeah, so i don't mean yeah. any disrespect to anyone at all it's just a shorthand for and i've been there too so um where i think vagueness replaces decisions that's what i think we're kind of talking about for the but i don't feel like that's what's taking place here i don't feel mm-hmm. like no. vagueness is replacing the decisions that need to be made as an artist for a film Mm-hmm. But I think what I mean here about the kind of a student, student, a student film feel for me here is 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 more superficial. Um, mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. is more just about I think kind of the the one noteness of the film, the uh, the glacial pace of the film, the 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 brooding over the images. Um, uh, those are kind of the elements that I think superficially remind me of a lot of amateur work that I've seen. But the big difference though, is that I, I really do feel like this is, this is strong conscious decisions by this filmmaker, as opposed yeah. to 
you know, the lack of a strong decision being made. And that's why there's vagueness for an amateur filmmaker. So I do think Mm -hmm. it's fundamentally different. But I think in some ways they look the same, if that makes sense. Totally. No, that (laughs) makes absolute sense. Yeah. I I think that that's, yeah, there's like hints of it. um, But it's, it's almost odd that it's done in a not odd in a in a negative sense but it's that it's the the way that i would describe it is that there's there's an intentional self-awareness to it yeah um, yeah as opposed to a student film just trying to mask the lack of a story with vagueness <laughs> right. and stuff like that um, right which again right. we've all been there so. we've all been there we've all been um, there and i and i get it you know and i because i know one of the first things that you know a lot of like i just working with a writer recently and i had kind of the same feedback as the story you described you know they they were i could tell in reading the script that they were hyper concerned about giving away too much about being too literal about being on the nose and that fear was so great that that so many things were lost and not communicated to the audience in the script because of that fear and so the reaction to that fear was was such an overcompensation that i was like i don't even know what the heck's going on here dude (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like nobody that watches this film if it's made from the script as it is now is even going to know what in the world you're talking about so no exactly uh, you know (laughs) so sometimes i think you know having a confidence in the story that you're telling uh is important and that comes with age and experience you know or at least experience you know um, and this clearly is a confident film. Like, I would never say, wow, this is not a confident film. It's definitely a confidently made film. I Certainly. mean, yeah. and let's yeah. talk a little bit more about that direction then. I mean, you know, this, so what did we say? This sits kind of in the middle of, of Denny's uh, filmography. He had kind of, done... yeah, this is kind of, I guess, the, the, I would say the middle of his filmography, the, but almost like the right on the start of his big, big kind of international. Yeah. yeah. Like where yeah, at least he did prisoners the same year as this, which and is a totally th- different movie, feels completely different. And I think that's um, his first American film, right? I think yeah, all of his yeah, 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 films are. Deacons like did the cinematography for it. And so, yeah, so that was big. And then I think Enemy is a smaller film. I don't think that was a huge thing yes. for him. But then Sicario yeah. was, was monumental. Really sky- yeah. I mean, that was, that was a, that's a that's a very much more traditional film it was huge um i think arrival had had a a really was really well received obviously blade runner was gigantic and i mean that if if you didn't know who he was before blade runner 2049 then you knew who he was he's become he's become the point where you know i think as as most directors aspire to be where it's like his name is a part of the advertising yeah yeah it, you know exactly. that, it's that when dune came out it's deneville news dune it's not yes, just dune exactly directed by this guy it, it's a big deal so so clearly he's one of the biggest i think he's one of the biggest directors working today uh, yeah, especially with yeah. his dune i think it's going to be at least a trilogy i think right or several films yeah i think it's i think they've announced the second one and then they probably will make a third one based on Gosh. how the second one does but yeah be interesting yeah. to see but i think you know clearly there's like strong there's really strong decision making being made here by this director mm-hmm. um i think you know going moving from the themes that the film is 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 kind of exploring um, and you touched on that a little bit. We'll talk about it, but you know the the surreality of the the surreal nature of the film, the confidence to tell a symbolic metaphorical story, but without drawing really any like you said. You know, even the special effects shots, the spider stuff, it's shown so matter of factly. It's shown mm-hmm. with such with. I mean, I, I love frankly. I, I frankly, the best part of the film to me is that final scene where yes, uh, yes. he's speaking to his pregnant wife. She leaves the shower. She s- stops responding. 
and he so he goes into the bedroom and she's turned into a giant spider who's now afraid mm -hmm. of him kind of cowers in the corner and we we cut back to a reaction shot of uh jake's character and he's just like he just <sighs> sighs yeah. and just sighs and it's, and it's like it's this realization that like okay this just cycle a resign, is just beginning it's again like, it's, it's beginning it's, again yeah. And and so I I so respect that that's such confident mm -hmm. filmmaking to me that he did not have to overemphasize or sensationalize any of these choices. I mean that I have a high degree of respect for that. Um, yeah, definitely. It's 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 refreshing in the sense also that again it, it like it doesn't overexplain itself. That's you another know, it thing. Doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and yeah, very much in line with like. I'm sure a lot of people saw that last scene and were like, wait, why isn't he scared of the fact that there's a giant spider? Well, or, or even just that, how did she turn into a spider? What's going on? Yeah. And, I, and I there's, like, this, there's this um, quote that I think we, I think I said it when we were talking about Silence of the Lambs, which is Villeneuve, or not Villeneuve, sorry, um, Jonathan Demme yeah. said when directing Silence of the Lambs that he would rather an audience be confused for five minutes than be told what's going on every second every yeah so that there's this i think villeneuve really really you know whether or not he's directly you know inspired by that or not which i, I think it's just a natural kind of gift that some directors have that they yeah. don't feel the need to over explain they don't feel the need to have you know jake gyllenhaal visit a psychiatrist in this movie and and have talk a psychiatrist about be like I, oh this is your condition it does this and uh you know and it's like he doesn't like read a book on what spiders mean in psychology yeah. at one point or like well, so this you know is it's just very much as using yeah. things as bits of metaphor and, and symbolism and stuff like that and yeah sure it's definitely a movie that is as i again i sort of described it as like up its own ass with its symbolism <laughs> well that's what um, i want to talk about but i don't i don't necessarily that that doesn't take away from the film for me for some okay. reason yeah. normally it would there's a lot of movies that that i think um that it would definitely get a little bit eye rolly for me yeah um but for some reason and again this is where it comes up where i'm like i don't i can't describe beyond just sort of like the feeling that i get during the movie um, that I forgive this movie for, that, well, I, I, that think, I actually kind of enjoy. Um, I mean, I think the, fi yeah. Yeah, the film is clearly successful at imparting a tone. I mean, there's, there's, there is an atmosphere. So there's no question there that, you know, I think this film very successfully conveys an atmosphere and a tone that exists as a successful container for the symbology, if that makes sense. So, so, that, so that you can hold it and, it, and it and it's not ridiculous to you. Um, I, you know, I think it's true what you said that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't explicitly, ex like, he doesn't have characters, you know, explaining how they're feeling in dialogue. He doesn't explicitly explain that, you know, you know, no, there aren't, there aren't two of these main characters that this is a, you know, this, this is symbolic. This is a representation of his psyche, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. He doesn't go in to explain those things, but I, but I do f get a little bit of a sense that, it's it's still sometimes heavy handed to me. In, mm -hmm. in, no, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, yes, he doesn't explicitly s explain things, but I mean, he is very, you know, it's like with you know the history lessons. Uh, you know, it's like over and over, kind of about you know, uh, you know, obs the obsession with control and yeah, yeah. I you know and and. and we see the cycles and we, I mean, I feel like some of it is a little heavy. It knows, it knows what its themes are. It will definitely knows, and, and, and it, it knows and, it, and it's, uh, and it focuses on them for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a very conscious decision to every, I mean, I feel like every scene of this film is about its themes. 
So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, without a doubt. It, mm-hmm. And obviously, the imparting these themes or exploring these themes, it was, I think, the highest um, uh, priority for this film. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's fair to say. It's, you know, that it, that the, everything else is subservient to and supports that exploration of these themes, which, you know, it can be interpreted to be different things by people. You know, in my mind, you know, when I saw it, well, I'd be curious before I say that, like, what do you feel like were some of the main, like when you watched it, I'm curious, especially when you were 10, I mean, or not in 10, but when you were in 10th grade, yeah, great, yeah. like yeah. what, what themes kind of jumped out to you? Do you remember kind of I mean, what just you this thought idea, the film might've been uh, about or? Yeah, I think my, my ideas were, um, and I'm, again, this is not completely exact cause I'm not, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, sure, I remember sure. this, just definitely the feelings of like control, monotony, yeah. sameness in life um and not but it's not i think what what interested me then too was that there's so many movies about monotony and sameness and where someone tr- like like fight club for example where it's like oh, i want to break out of this monotony mm. but that's not what this is it's more about like the monotony driving somebody insane mm. and and getting to them a point of like where it, you know it's it's kind of like a split personality thing and you've got this but that that there's this didn't like there's also this weird deniability in it that it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you, along with other characters in the film, you don't know if he's genuinely ill, if he genuinely has this split personality, or if it's something that's like... Because at the end of it, especially in the final moments of the film when he sees uh-huh. the spider, you get this sense of, by his facial expression that he's like... No, 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 I invent this other person in my head and I know, but I'm never going to tell anybody that I invent them, that it's mm. like, that it's like, I can't because that's what keeps me sane. Mm. And then when he sees the spider, he's like, all right, well, back to square one kind of thing. Interesting. Um, and, whereas, and so is, do you yeah, feel yeah, like I, this is kind of your, like the, the themes that you feel that jump out to you uh, today as well? Or what you're, you're recent? Yeah, no, yeah. a lot of the similar stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely more. I mean, I think I understand the dynamics of like the actual relationships more because yeah. I've had more experience in that kind of avenue of life where, yeah. you know, of like having conversation, like difficult conversations about, you know, paranoia in relationships, um, like uh-huh. jealousy, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think on that level, I, I understand those things more than obviously I did when I was in grade 10. Sure. Um, but to the level of, um, you know, a broad, I would say, like thematic kind of reaction to the movie, I'd say that I had have had pretty similar reactions every single time I've watched it. I've, I've only seen it. Yeah. I think four, four or five, I would lean towards four. I think I've only seen it four times mm-hmm. over the course of, you know, nearly 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I haven't, it's not a movie that like I sit down and watch every year and that like, I'm a huge fan of. It's not necessarily one that's like in my, you know, favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, I find this movie really intriguing I think it's a really, you know, like I, my response coming out of this movie is something that's like, I appreciate this movie a lot and I appreciate the, the, um, direction and just for its uniqueness, if, if, if nothing else that it's just, it's, it's really refreshing to see something like this. And again, that's kind of why I described it as like something that you would, it would just be relegated to like Amazon prime, Mm -hmm. um, that it wouldn't, you know, have a big release. It wouldn't be in theaters. It would just be. Movies like this, you know, just aren't really made anymore, and well, it's and it's or or I, at least aren't given the same spotlight that even it would have been done 
yeah when it came out well i think you know some of the themes that jump out at me and and this is one area that i enjoy i i kind of both enjoy but then i'm kind of uh about this you know yeah. i think you know one of the themes that stands out to me are you know it, the 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 film seems to kind of center around infidelity or relationships mm-hmm. and i certainly you know i i sometimes get so burned out on infidelity being such a like a crutch for a story for films that it just like i mean i i know that it you know it's an an important or a significant part of what a lot of people in life have to deal with in real life mm-hmm. but I mean, God, it's sometimes easily dramatic and, but yeah. it, it's so easily dramatized and i feel like sometimes it's handled in such the same way over and over and over over that it's a trope basically it's Mm -hmm. like the male infidelity thing is a trope in film that sometimes is just kind of annoying and boring uh so i will say that you know because my kind of interpretation is that i think that infidelity is is key and i think you know that the way the film is book you know begins and opens with this erotic scene or this you know where they're at this sex club i mean they're literally at the sex club i think that it's uh, kind of a symbolic like a symbolic of kind of yes. this yeah, lustful yeah. thinking that's going on in the character's mind i don't think he's i don't think it's necessarily literal but you know he, there are two women one is his wife one is a girlfriend and you know one is always kind of bathed in white one is always presented in dark so they're kind mm-hmm. of this yin yang um, and they, but they look sort of similar. And, sort and, of, but yeah, you like can easily tell them and, apart. Yeah. One is yeah, softer. Yeah. One is kind of more, you know, angular. They're both, but of course, they're both beautiful. Um, and you know, I think this film is about the, the cycle of infidelity for him. Um, and maybe that's even too literal. Maybe it's about a cycle of, you know, or or the the struggle of you know, of managing love and lust and mm-hmm. that there's temptation in the world, um, you know. Control, and, again, as we've talked about, like that and, there's and, this idea of... And, of right, and, yeah. and and so at least I'm like, well, thank God at least that they explored this in a different way. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the other you thing know, too is that like every female character in the movie is is like, in a way, in a, in a very literal sense, like kind of domineering. That like his well, it's mother all over. Is the symbology quite, of it yeah. is everywhere. Yeah, the yeah. symbology yeah, yeah. of it like is his everywhere. mother. His mother kind of talks to him like he's all he's the time, like young, Constant. and his his both of his, you know, both the girls that he's seeing, are very much, not necessarily in control of him, but you can tell where the well, paranoia that he has kind it's of the builds spider. up. From. It's the spider yeah. analogy. It's the, the yeah. it's the web. It's the fear of control, and it's the fear of commitment. And getting it's caught the up feeling in something of getting caught of. up in something yeah. and so and that's what happens when you have a real uh genuine authentic relationship with someone that's deep you do get caught up with each other you get mm-hmm. entangled with someone tremendously on every level when you're actually in a real adult relationship and that's scary yeah. for a lot of people and for a lot of people they have a really difficult time i think managing that so i i get that that's interesting to explore that fear that that exist when you make yourself vulnerable and you commit yourself to someone that's very interesting but you know mm-hmm. this is where some mm-hmm. of the stuff like the spider analogy i mean it seems sometimes a little heavy-handed that yes women are spiders and that they cast their web and men get stuck in it and that you know that you have a picture of the the poster of the the 50 foot woman in the video shop and then we cut to well we don't directly cut to but then later we see the the giant spider in the landscape yeah, of yeah. Toronto. 
Um, you know, uh, we see the spider web fracture of the windshield, uh, at, you know, when there's the car accident. I, Even you know, the, the, at the beginning, the like, no. it's the beginning of the cycle of him in the sex club and she steps on the tarantula. And it's, well, there's that too, but like, there's a spider a... web, actually. The yes. glass shatters yeah. in a spider web um, at, like pattern when they yeah. have the yeah. car accident, when they're fighting and, and they have the car accident. So, and, it's, and it's like cyclical though. Like it's very clear that this is something that... It's a cycle, yeah. You know, you, even the, his wife literally asks him at one point, are you seeing her again? Everything is, yeah, everything, so, and, yeah. and his history lessons, and, you know, so yeah. yes, we, we get a sense of the cycle that, that it's, you know, and of course, the, the ending of it is that, you know, okay, he's finally killed off this alter ego, or this, or this um, temptation, or however you want to kind of describe it or, def or uh, interpret it, and, well, what's, like, literally the next thing that happens? It's, like, the next morning, he's, like, oh, I've got this key, Oh, you know, hey, wife, are you busy tonight? I've got to go somewhere. Well, yeah. at, so temptation wins again. And that's, of course. And I mean, again, and then like, it's not, it, it's not, doesn't hide. Like, you know, even his mother says, you know, like, and give up on that, that, that amateur acting career that you're trying to do. So it's like, you know, it doesn't hide this fact that these two people are, are one and the same. No, there's a lot of hints. It's, it's him. I, I think it's, it's obvious. It's very much him very much yeah. grappling with two sides of his like i don't i don't think it's a literal no you know the movie's not supposed to literally mean that this guy has a split personality disorder no. where he like no. fakes memories in a in a mental health sense no it's but about rather the duality that it uses this we all idea have. and it's and it's surreal like it's it's a it's a surrealist movie so it's using well interesting i mean it's it's for... not surrealist mostly aside from the spider stuff it's not visually mm -hmm. surreal so no I no think, but very much the way that the story is told yeah is, but i think that's you know. i think that's where if if someone gets a little confused i think that's likely why i think it's because yeah. you have you have this is a visual like this 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 story is a representation of someone's psyche right yeah and, exactly and yeah. it's and it's about the duality that exists in all of us or or you know more than two i mean it there are many facets of all of our personalities and we there's a lot of cognitive dissonance we want to try to, we want to do one thing but we are tempted to do another thing and sometimes we succeed in doing what we what we feel like our higher better self would do and sometimes we fail and we do you know a more base thing if that i mean we get complicated into like ethics and everything we you know so it's hard sometimes to even create a hierarchy of actions but my point is just that all of us experience cognitive dissonance um and we're pulled in different directions well, I mean, to, to relate it to, I mean, I, I, again, go back to kind of the, even like the, the student film type of idea is that when I was, you know, I, I made a movie probably five years ago now that yeah. isn't very good, but I remember that the whole point of it was that like this guy wakes up and the sun is like, doesn't rise and the world is empty and it was like a metaphor for him losing his girlfriend and then there's this like piece of paper <laughs> on his desk that he like communicate like that just it appeared like the words just appear on the paper and like uh -huh. basically tell him things and yeah. you know and it was very much such a heavy-handed metaphor and then like when he forgives himself the sun rises again and it you know not very good <laughs> but but again very much that student film thing and um and it's kind of exactly like it's exactly like that. Like in that movie, is the sun literally not rising, or is it sort of more right. vague? Is it is it more just again? It's a more of a metaphor. It's like the those elements are supposed to be more surreal to represent something. About and I'm happy to see that. And, and I'm happy to see and that. So that's because... that's the thing is that this movie does that far better than I did. 
Yeah. Um, but it still is, it's the same principle. It's, it's the principle of like that you're taking something. This movie is not about someone literally struggling with the mental health issue that is no. a personality I, disorder. And I don't think it's it, using I, I'd that be hard pressed to see that somebody would even interpret it that way. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think if, but I do think though that this film, ex- so I think what this film does is completely, uh, com- I mean, it's common in, in, in art to do this. This is, you know, I mean, there's this movie does nothing spectacular or weird or, you know, unique mm-hmm. even um, in, in its representation of things in that manner. But I do think that it is becoming more unique in the landscape of current films. That is, mm-hmm. it's rare mm-hmm. that films are kind of metaphors and are symbolic and represent kind of, you know, these subconscious kind of things that go on. Um, and I think films are often quite literal, generally, and they're very plot-driven. Yeah, totally. And they're very yeah. much about, well, just what happens, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like what tangibly happens in the world, uh, whether it's ridiculously fictional characters like Captain America and Spider-Man and Hulk. I mean, it's still these films are just about like what is literally happening in their world. So I yes. like to see yeah. that. So even though I didn't enjoy watching this film, sometimes I thought that symbology was a little, little heavy-handed, I'm still really excited to see it so yeah and I perhaps mean, to um to kind of finish off we can discuss that idea of like this this kind of canadian curse thing that i well yeah because i want to because we talked point, about yeah. performances i mean i think like w- you know we were talking about performances a little bit and we were kind of mm-hmm. you know i was kind of you know in my mind like w- when i was interpreting it before you had kind of described this canadian thing i was like well you know the the film you know because I was thinking, you know, trying to think of how could I define or what would I say about these these performances? And I kind of felt like, well, you know, there's not a whole lot for these actors to do. I mean, the film feels a little kind of flat, a little detached. I was trying to find some words to kind of describe it. You know, I, I felt like the that the the characters don't feel like kind of like fully human, you know? Uh, so I was like, it's hard for me to really say wow any of these performances stood out to me but you'd mentioned mm-hmm. something that might explain some of this and that is this culture yeah, so there's yeah. This, this yeah there's so there's this strange and again perhaps this is something that i'm more attuned to just because you know growing up here and seeing yeah. more um you know cinema from this country but there's this lack of show-offness or the lack of being in your face or kind of lack of grandeur in a lot of Canadian like, cinema like, that, uh, that's super yeah. subdued and super, you know, that like it feels very flat and very yeah. sterile and very, you know, and it, this goes back to even, you know, and I'm a huge fan of David Cronenberg, um, yeah. but like you watch it in like Videodrome and it's like, there's still this, this like, there's this transactional relationship that between everyone. I like, like that, that every relationship is almost like, yeah, it's like you're having every conversation feels transactional. Yeah. Um, and so there's this lack of empathizing with characters often where you don't really feel like, well, I know this person's like wants and desires or I know what they're needing in this situation. I, I Even the stories themselves are so often, you know, quite different from things that like it's not really coming of age. Like it's mm-hmm. not or it's not something about like someone kind of trying to achieve a goal, but more mm-hmm. so an exploration of like... Um, you know, and I'll use Cronenberg again, we all use Videodrome, where it's like Videodrome is not a story about a man that's like trying to succeed in like, you know, in, in, 
uh, like a news networking and things like right, that. It's right. a story about a guy that's like dealing with obsession and yeah, it's like not aspirational. It's this. not an yeah. aspirational story, which we get a lot of. You know, and it's not a yeah. goal-driven story, which you also get a lot of, right? It's like, and if you read almost any screenwriting book that was written in the past 20 years it's like your character must be likable and they mm-hmm. must have a goal that they must work to achieve and they must and have so obstacles. much of, it's so yeah. much of uh canadian cinemas like that like i'd say the majority of it and i say curse not necessarily in a totally negative sense like there's, yeah. there's a lot of really really fantastic movies made here um like you know that are that are fully made here not just hollywood movies shooting here yeah um but at the same time there's also like this really interesting kind of feel to a lot of like canadian cinema which is just this like flat sort of less emotional Mm -hmm. um less um you know empathetic more much more i would say exploratory than anything else Mm -hmm. that that they're they're so often exploring controversial issues or Hmm. um you know taboo subjects Mm -hmm. um things like that that are are i think make things really interesting but also one of those things that is to me, a super, super, you know, almost like a hallmark of Canadian cinema. That's so interesting. Um, I hadn't really thought of that too much. I'd be mm-hmm. curious, you know, not that we can answer this question here or, you know, but it would be interesting to kind of think about uh, and look at why that might be. You know, I, and that's very curious. I think, you know, maybe some, some immediate kind of, an, you know, this is just me completely kind of speaking off the cuff, off the top of my head, but I wonder if some of that difference is kind of, you know, here in the United States, at least, I mean, I can speak to the United States. I, I've lived here my entire life. You know, our culture here is A, very aspirational. B, we have a very kind of strong kind of undercurrent of a specific kind of morality, I think, that mm-hmm. sometimes precludes us from being able to easily explore taboo subjects. I mean, they're like there's a lot of taboo subjects in the United States, and some of them mm-hmm. are quite interesting. So, you know, this film in particular explores, to some extent, you know, sexuality, relationships, monogamy, fidelity, and of course, in the United States, you can explore violence all day long, right? You could have a yeah. film that yeah. explores violence, and, and and violence is such a, I mean, that's it's just everywhere in American cinema. But if you get into some of these other questions that you, you could run into some taboo stuff real quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, maybe there's some difference there. Well, I mean, uh, also we've got Canadian such a like, heavy, especially obviously Villeneuve being from Trois-Rivières, but that you've got these, um, like a huge amount of French influence on our mm-hmm. cinema. That a lot of yeah. the big filmmakers here are, are from French Canada. So that obviously is going to be detached more so from the American style of cinema, which there is, you know, huge influence on here as well because we're so close, you know, culturally and um, geographically. Right. Um, but that for, uh, Quebec really tends to be a lot more European in its style and that bleeds out through the rest of Canada. Yeah. So there's almost like this, like, kind of homogenous section of Canada that's super European that that affects so much of what you know there's so much public funding for film here right there's a lot Which of wonderful. things like that but you go and and you look at that and you look at a lot of the movies that that are, are funded publicly here and yeah there's a ton of I would say a much more European slant at the way that films are, are made and shot and stories are presented here than American Mm-hmm. Um, which is very, very interesting. And and perhaps it's also, it might also just be because we have American cinema and that, you know, a lot of Canadians to, you know, filmmakers to kind of differentiate themselves from that 
decide to go in the route that is a lot more of a like a Quebecois style versus you know um, you know in a more American style of film and storytelling. Right. right. Um, and it's not to say that one is better than the other by any means, but but that more so I I appreciate in a sense a lot more than I did when I was a kid, where of course you just want you know indiana jones or top gun or something like that as a kid because you're like why is all canadian hey, cinema so there's boring? a place for both there's a yeah there's exactly a, well, there's a place and for... i still love indiana jones like i mean yeah. you know, most of my favorite movies are are american but there's certainly a a growing appreciation for me especially um as i got older in canadian cinema and looking at that sort of thing and seeing kind yeah. of again those through lines and 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 understanding kind of why certain things are certain ways i mean we have harsh winters maybe it's just that <laughs> maybe it's literally just that our winters are so well, bad that and it makes yeah. us all depressed and makes all our movies flat i mean and there's emotional. a <laughs> there's a lot of demographic different differences religious yeah. religious differences historical differences definitely you know yeah, yeah. uh so there's and that's that's always interesting to explore and it's that's uh it's fun to see the differences in art that come from different cultures um yeah. and similarities so, yeah, it's just very intriguing. But I had never really thought about that. You know, I think I kind of take for granted sometimes that although you are geographically close, there are still some significant cultural differences. And that's mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. going to manifest in the films that come from Canada versus the United States in a lot of instances. Not that Canadians can't make great like actions, you know, whatever you might categorize American cinema as, of course, and mm -hmm. vice versa. It's not that at all. But it's just an interesting. I mean, James lens. Cameron is is yeah. From oh my gosh, Canada, but he clearly kind of very much jumped into the American film. He couldn't be industry. more American. I feel like you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like his <laughs> movies. Yeah, his movies are well. His movies are totally American too. Yeah. You know that that you know Avatar and Titanic and all those are American produced movies. So yeah. Completely. But yeah, it's just kind of an interesting um, that that in terms of Canadian cinema, not just being made by Canadians, but like the actual genre of, of cinema, there's a very specific, yeah, very specific feel to it. And, and this certainly, you know, if Falls you've never seen that. anything before, if you're not from Canada, if you want to kind of perhaps get a taste of what it's like, this is, I would say, a good place to start. Um, Cronenberg's movies, maybe lesser so than The Fly, because that was a kind of a co-produced American yeah. film. Yeah. But I'd say like Videodrone and a lot of those movies um, that, that explore again these taboo subjects are those are kind of good places to start if you want to jump into it um, yeah yeah excellent man well fantastic well i i appreciate you uh bringing enemy uh into mm -hmm. our podcast to discuss it's 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 enjoyable and i think it's especially interesting i mean a lot of the films that we've that we've done in the past i think it was like i enjoyed them and i you know i enjoyed them on a kind of a superficial level and i respected them and this was an interesting film for me where it's I really didn't enjoy it on a personal kind of audience level, but there's a ton here to respect and there's a lot here to kind of stimulate thinking about filmmaking and um, and that's awesome. That's a blast. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Well, I guess there'll be a wrap for episode 47. Yes, uh, yeah. As always, Cullen, it's been a pleasure. And everybody out there who's listening, we appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time on episode 48. Until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, bye-bye.